0: Hey everyone, welcome to Resurrection Church, and you are among the healthy that have made it today, because there's a lot of us that are sick, and so how many of you got, how many guys have gotten the flu this year? None of you. Okay, good, good, because don't, yeah, keep it away from here. What's that? Yeah. Yes, right. So no, we were praying for, we have a few people that are gone with, the, with sickness and, and aren't feeling too well today, and in fact... My wife isn't feeling great, but she's not feverish, so we'll see how long she lasts. We'll pray for her, and uh, it's good to see everyone. And Tim and Daphne, thanks for leading the worship. And Jerry. Man, I, Jerry, I missed you, brother. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while, but he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful brother. Um, well... It's t- maybe it's oh that's up there. It seems it's dark. Maybe it's just I'm getting old. But yeah, I should talk, right? These yeah, I don't know the the lighting in here is kind of different. So it is different. So can you guys see okay? Can you hear okay? Are you cold? Can now you can't see at all. <laughs> all we need now is uh, we need a, sm- a fog machine and a light show. You know then we're. <laughs> Then we're a hip church, you know. All right. Well, let's pray, and we're going to get started with uh, with the study of God's Word. Father, thank you again for this uh, evening that we can get together and fellowship and worship you and study your Word. And we are so grateful, Lord, that Lord, your Word is is truth. Your Word is life to us because it tells us about you. It tells us about your Son, and and we just ask, Lord, that you would anoint this time Lord as you told Jeremiah that I will put my words in your mouth I pray that you would do the same with me Lord I am an empty vessel in need of filling myself God and so we ask that you would fill us with your presence we ask that you would speak I ask that you would speak to each one of us here and everyone who's listening uh, in other ways uh, that you would speak to each one where they're at and uh, that you would draw each one near to you uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if I was supposed to do announcements, so I got to throw it off with the whole thing. I wanted to share, we had a wonderful, um, and the, the word that God has been laying on my heart for this year is called is relationships. Um, just heavily this year, On we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about relationships, and Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 are all about relationships, so our first context of relationship, there's different contexts of relationship. There's one where you have context of being in a church, right? Like us. Whether you're married or single, whether you know people in the church or not, there's, in the body of Christ, there's the context of relationship within church and how the church functions properly within, those, within the, the body of Christ, you know? We talked about last week how uh, the illustration I used was like an airline. You have... The pilot does his thing, and the luggage people, and everybody else does their thing, but uh, everyone's needed. The pilot isn't the most important person, even though we think he is, because he needs insight and direction from the flight tower, and he needs the guy below to fuel up the plane and everything else, right? And we said it would be kind of a strange thing if the pilot took off, and ten minutes later he came out and decided to pour coffee for everyone. We'd say, look, who's flying the plane? So everyone's needed, right? And we wouldn't want the flight attendant to say, hey, Captain, can I fly the plane? We would say no, <laughs> you know? So just in a church context, there's, there's giftings. Everyone has a gifting. Everyone has something that God has given to them that helps contribute to the progress of the whole thing, okay? So we did that last week. I'm not going to repeat last week's message. What we're going to do is after, after this series, we're going to do another series on your relationship within the context of you and God because that's really important. Um, how do I see God and how does God see me? And that's vitally important because it's being settled on who you are in Christ and who you are as a child of God is vitally important because it affects how you affect other relationships as well. Okay, The goal is to take who, who is a Christian and keep that turned on, not turn off, just, just have it at church and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, bless you, amen, walk out of the church doors and go in our other context of life and be different, right? So there's other contexts within the family, within the workplace, et cetera. So those will be in the future. So what we're doing in this series is we're looking at sort of spiritual gifts. We're looking at how God has gifted each person to sort of contribute and fit in. And uh, so in Romans chapter 12, um, <clears throat> let me get there. Romans chapter 12, he talks about what are called seven motivational gifts and these are gifts that that each believer each person in Christ has been given Um, and this is these are are gifts that are given that help a person um, um, contribute to the body of Christ so we looked at the first couple already look at verse 6 he says since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service, we talked about service last week, in his serving. We talked about how last week, service was so important in the early church that it allowed the church to actually grow. Actually allowed, if you look at Acts chapter 6, the church grew because the, because the gifts of service people kicked in and, and helped out. Uh, listen to that if you want to. But then he goes on and from there, he says, and or he who teaches in his what? His teaching, or he her exhorts in his exhortation. We're going to look at those two today. And I'm sort of, I'm tempted to want to go and just go exhortation because I already have the gift of teaching and it's kind of hard to talk about what you are. But they're related. Okay? So gift of teaching. Your gift of teaching, you, like, you love to research and you love to study. And you will love to base everything within the word of God. You're you're a stickler when you listen to sermons. You want to make sure they're exegetical. You want to make sure that they're foundation of the Word of God, you know, right? It, you cringe when when they're not, right? You you are hypersensitive to that. I'm I'm telling you from experience because that's who I am, right? Um, a teacher is one who wants to look up Greek and Hebrew words and just loves living in the dictionary, right? And and they're instructional towards the mind, and that's very important. Teaching is extremely important. Um, it's what I'm called to do. When you are a teacher, uh, you, are, you want to be methodical. You are, you are, you're like, the, the, like St. Luke, Gospel Luke. He starts off with his Gospel by saying, oh, these things I've studied, i researched them, and, and, and talks with eyewitnesses, and he was very, very thorough. That's what a teacher does. He wants to be very thorough. In fact, you probably overdo it on the thoroughness. I speak from experience, you know. How many verses do you have to share tonight? I got like 60. You know, <laughs> you know, you want to look up every cross-reference, you know, and, and you are, you're just obsessed with that. That's, as a teacher, that's all I think about. I think about two th- I think about you guys as well, but I'm thinking about constantly of what, is this, what does the Word of God mean here? Um, what does this Word mean here? How would they have understood this? So you're always researching and studying. That's just how a teacher's wired, okay? And they love doing that. They love explaining things to people. Okay. So like for example, if you're at a restaurant, right? Let's imagine you're at a restaurant and uh, and you you um, and you sit you're, 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 you're sitting there talking with your friends, you know, and you and you, oh, that's <coughs> right. You bumped your glass, right? Now, a teacher is going to say, "Now the reason why you bumped your glass is because, because it was slightly off the edge and the gravity of, you know, they're going to go into all the technical details, right? And they're going to tell you, "No, you know, they're not going to tell you, they're not going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Or a service, what's that? Yeah. Gift to service people will just pick up the, 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 the broom, right, and say, let me pick it up. A teacher will explain what happened, why it happened. And then they'll keep going on and on and on. <laughs> you know. Um, and so the persons with this gift have, uh, uh, have uh, been given a great task. A small percentage, let's say about say a, a smaller percentage of people within the body of Christ are teachers. In fact, James says, let not many of you become teachers because you'll incur a stricter judgment because you're going to know a whole lot of stuff and you're going to be accountable for that. So I have, I, it's a scary place to be, you know, when you're, you know what God's word says. And, you know, you're, you know you've got you've to live it, right? So a teacher is more gear, geared towards or towards the knowledge aspect, Okay. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that teaching part because I want to get to exhortation. Exhortation, though, is related to teaching. So as a pastor, I have two jobs. I have to teach you, I have to exhort you. The teacher in me, it says, Here's, let me explain these Greek words and the cross-references, you know, and give you all kinds of knowledge, and just knowledge dump on you, right? And, and teach you everything I can, right? And hope you still retain it and teach and feed your, your spirit with the Word of God. But then after that, I have to exhort you. And the exhorting part says, now "Let's go do it. Let's go live it, right? We can. God can change. You know, and take the teaching and apply it. Okay, that's the exhorting part. So tonight, I want to focus more on the exhorting part. And I went through the teaching part pretty fast, only because um, I just feel led to do that. So if you go, and he says, um, if he says, he's, look at verse eight. Um he who exhorts in his exhortation,, you know, what exactly is, is he talking about? Well he's saying, if, if your gift is exhortation or encouragement, is another word, then be encouraging. The body of Christ um, probably one of the greatest things we, we have here is, is encouragement. Like I'll, I'll speak personally. My this week was really, really hard for me. I mean, very, very difficult this week for me personally. Um, you know, sometimes you have those weeks, you know, and sometimes you have the the things that come up, and the things you didn't expect, and the things that you weren't, you don't think you were prepared for, right? The things were like, Lord, where did this come from? Uh, that was kind of like one of those weeks. And there's there's times when when you don't know the person next to you what they're going through and sometimes in life it feels like you are going through it all day alone right? sometimes it feels like you're you're just hanging by a thread and you have to sort of put on a good face because you've got to be strong for your family you've got to be strong for the people you interact with but deep down you're just, help, you're just hanging on you're just God I want to quit right? I want to give up. Um, life is hard. Marriage is hard. I mean, it's, I'm the hard part of the marriage. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm the part that probably gives my wife a hard time. But, you know. But that's, that's, that's I don't know about it. You guys ever feel that way? Where you just, okay, when does, it, when does it end? Right? And more than anything else, more than anything else, I think, Um, I don't know what it is but more than anything else the need for encouragement is even greater than you can possibly imagine you can never go wrong by encouraging someone you can never go wrong by speaking words of encouragement to somebody it will will always always be a, a welcome thing Some of us are facing marriage and and family challenges and really wondering, okay, God, why? I've been faithful, I've been diligent in my life and faithful Christian. And some of us have um, maybe a bad self image or a bad past that causes us to to dwell on that past and it brings us down. I want you to imagine this. How many of you guys ever scuba dive before? Scuba dived, yeah. Last week it was airplane. I'm hitting everybody's fear. Scuba diving and airplane rides, right? You know? I have never scuba dived before. So let's just use our, our holy imagination here, okay? I want you to imagine that you're scuba diving, okay? First time out. I've never done it before, but just, let's just use our holy imagination. We've seen it, right? How many of you guys have seen it on TV? Okay, you get the air tank, you know. I've been snorkeling before. I've been where you had the little thing, or we also have been where you had the hose, like the long hose, so you can go like twenty feet down. Right? So just imagine you're out you're out there, you're down there. You're 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 maybe you're twenty some odd feet down or thirty, how many feet you go down and, and you're enjoying the thing, and then all of a sudden something happens with your air tank. Not only that, you you notice that as you're as you're swimming, you notice that your, your feet are now caught on some plants. Something's got a hold of your foot. Sometimes in, in life, there's things that want to pull you down, right? The uncertainty of life. The sicknesses in life. The kids in life. My kids are growing up. My kids are gonna be, I thinking about college. He's thinking about college already. Stop growing. I'm not ready for college yet, right? <laughs> you know? Life is going to happen. I want. I want to lock my kids up in a in a nunnery or something, you know, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or a, a convent and just keep them sheltered because I, as a dad, I want to protect my little one, right? Um, I, just yesterday, she was two years. Old. She was a, She was just yesterday. She was in my my arms like this in the in the hospital. I still remember it. Just yesterday, now she's sixteen years old. And I feel like, Lord, I don't think I've even, I don't think I've even, wait, I just blinked and now she's 16. So now I'm thinking about her future, but I'm also afraid because I realize there's a a whole new world for her and for my son as well. So I've got all those fears going on in my head. I've got the uncertainty of what's going to happen in the future, Right. The things we all worry about, those things weigh us down, like the plants and the things tugging at us that want to keep us down. For some of it's, like I said, it's our, it's our past. It's, it's the, the hurts of the past that we somehow we can't, somehow it's just holding on to us. And we need, we, we have two options. Either we get to the surface, if we could, or somebody comes help us along, Right? And as you're, si- you're sitting there, you're, you're trying, because you want, if you, can head a bu- if you can hit a press a button, you would say, no more past, bam, I'm in the future, right? But somehow something's keeping. You know, something is holding me back, right? Sometimes we feel alone, we feel like there's no help, and there's fear of the future, uncertainty, life is difficult, the world is getting scarier and scarier and scary, and the more I watch the news, the more depressed you get, right? the more you... I stopped watching the news. <laughs> Put your devices away and just stop. Because guess what? The world is never going to improve without Jesus Christ. The world is never... And guess what? Jesus even said that. the world You're going to have tribulation in this world, right? We know that he's preparing a place for us that... Oh, there's no problems, right? There's no death. There's no sorrow. There's no pain. no suffering, right? Now, the time between... Here and the time when we are there, we don't know when that is. Some of us will go home, maybe at the Lord sooner than others. But we know when we get to be in the Lord's presence, oh man, what a glorious day it will be, right? What a glorious day that will be, and we will give praise and glory. Now, now we have to go through this, right? And, and we get on our knees, and we pray, we beg God for help. We read His word. Sometimes God answers our prayers. Sometimes He doesn't answer prayers. Sometimes He speaks to us. Sometimes we don't hear His voice. We feel alone. It's dark. Lord, would You go? Why is all this happening to me? Right? Am I speaking to anybody? Or okay? So we're the scuba diver. That just just we want. Air. We need air. And we just we're trapped. An encourager is this. The encourager is the person. Guess what? You're not just alone in the ocean. Now, some of us are alone in the ocean. But you are just happen to be go out with the group because you went scuba diving. It's your first time going out. And thank God you're with the group. And guess what? You, there's a person over here who notices that person's trapped over there. So he swims. I don't know if you swim like this underwater or with your scuba gear on, but we're doing that. And he sees, he's, the person he sees is stuck, but the first thing he has to do is do what? Give him air. Give him air. Okay. An encourager, there's, there's a couple of Greek words I am going to teach you. The teacher side of me is still going to teach, right? The first Greek word we're going to learn is, is parakaleo is the word. Para means alongside. Kaleo means to call. There's a similar word that Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit, paraclete. He says, I will send you another helper, and he will be with you, right? And thank God for the Holy Spirit, right? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The parakaleo is a person who comes alongside you. An encourager is one who comes alongside there's two aspects. To come alongside is the first aspect of an encourager. Now, encouragers, they have to be aware of certain things, right? Because if you're out in the ocean and you are just in your own little world, oh. The encourager notices those who are drowning. The encourager notices, it picks up on the, there's something, some, this person's down today. I'm going to go say hi. This person's off by themselves. They're alone. God only knows what they struggle with. But I, I have something to give them. Now, when, let's imagine this the scuba. Now, when the person comes, is he going to go into the person's mouth? No, he's going to take his tank. <laughs> Because there's almost so much air that I have to, to give. See, I, I can't give you. I can give you almost so much, Stephanie, okay. or Tim, <laughs> but or, or Jerry. But I would rather give you a whole tank, right? I'd rather give you what's been given to me, because I'm I'm only limited. Because otherwise, if if I don't have a tank and you don't have a tank, then we're both in trouble, right? So I have to give you something. And the tank I have is from the, the Spirit of God and the power of God and the Word of God, right? And my job, first of all, is to come alongside you to help you. An encourager is one who comes alongside someone. <clears throat> we, were, um, we were trying to implement reading Bible in the morning with our kids and having the Bible time, you know, things like that. And so uh, Alyssa was reading Job, and she has a question about Job. And she not gotten that far in Job yet. Yeah, she hasn't met the, you know, about Job. Job loses everything doesn't realize that God's testing him, just demonstrating his faith. We haven't read the part where God, or not God, but where three friends show up. And while Job is suffering, those three three friends are wonderful encouragers when they're sitting there just being with them. Sometimes the best encouragement you can get is just having somebody just listen and just be with you. Sometimes when somebody's going through something so horrible, no words is better words. Sometimes just being there. Having somebody that you can put, your you can just at least hold on to. I love the, the last song we sang. It was a slide of Jesus holding up the, the young man, right? That's what encourages right? He comes alongside to hold you up. Right? Um, he comes alongside you to, 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 to speak kind words to you. Does it make sense? How many of you guys know you have a gift of encouragement in here? Possibly? Okay. You don't know? Because I don't. I, I, I'll be honest with you. This is the biggest... I, I, I have a tendency of, of taking the air out of the sail not putting the air in the sail. Okay? So I'm learning this. So my question was like, Lord, how can I teach on gift exhortation, encouragement? When sometimes I'm the most I'm the one who is the opposite, right? So I'm learning this. I'm like, Lord, teach me. What's the principle here? The first principle is being is recognizing a person in need and being with them. Okay? In fact, an encourager recognizes that God is with us, right? I want you to look at a few verses because. If we're going to be an encouraging group, let's say here, because I'm encouraging everyone to become encouragers, let's say, not just those who are gifted. Let's all grow in it, okay? If you're going to be encouraging, you have to recognize people in need, right? Don't, this, the, 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 the people who are, who are off by themselves in life, who maybe there's, you don't, be that person that comes up and say hi, right? Who loves on them. But the person who comes alongside understands that's how God is like. An encourager is like that because God is an encourager. If you look at a few, a few scriptures with me, I love what uh, God says in Joshua chapter 1. I want you to go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua uh, is <clears throat> taking over for, for Moses. Joshua chapter one and verse nine. Oh, actually, verse. Let's uh, let's go verse four or five rather. God says to Joshua, "No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you." He says, "Be strong and courageous." Verse six. Verse 9 now. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What's the encouragement, Joshua? The Joshua, listen, the encouragement is this. You were about to face uncertain times. You were filling the shoes of Moses, who led the people for all these years. Now you're stepping into his shoes, and you're entering a new territory, a new situation, new peoples, new conflicts. There's giants in the land, all this kind of stuff, right? That... And you're brand new new at this. And God says, here's my encouragement. I'm going to be with you. See, sometimes we forget, sometimes we forget that God is with us. Right? Sometimes we forget, yeah, the Lord is with me, even though I don't feel. God says, I will be with you. So don't be discouraged. He told Jeremiah something very similar. He says, do not be afraid, Jeremiah, for I will be with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. He says in Isaiah to Judah, he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am with you, says God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. Deuteronomy chapter 20. Go there real fast, just to your left, a few chapters over. Deuteronomy chapter 20. He says in verse 1, When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not what? Be afraid of them. For the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt is what? With you. I'll be honest. Sometimes I feel like giving up because I feel like I'm by myself. Have I mean, you guys ever had that struggle before? You just feel like you're in the battle by yourself. Is it even worth it? God even is God even is, here? Am I... And God says, I am with you. See, oftentimes we fear because we don't see God ahead of us. You know that? We fear because, well, I can't handle that. You're right, you can't handle that. God says, God says to you, the battle you're about to enc- not you personally, Michelle, but the battle you're about to encounter is too big for you, but it's not too big for me. See, Sometimes we approach life and the uncertainty of life because we think we have to handle things. We have to, we have to breathe our own life into it, and God's the one who breathes life into it. He's there, right? So an encourager, let's go back to, um, I don't know what's first. I want to go next, because I have so many verses, and I don't know, it's got... I mean, the whole scripture is full of encouragement from God. Um, But one who is an encourager understands this. He understands that it's about being with somebody. Sometimes, now, let's imagine this. Okay? You recognize a guy's drowning. He's out of gas. Something happened. You come up. Now, if you're a gift of teaching... See, if you're gifted teaching, normally on ground ground, you're going to say, No, the reason why it stopped working is because this valve did this and the other. But you're underwater with them. and You recognize this is not a teaching moment. This is a helping moment. This is not a teaching moment. This is a do something because they need help. This is not who's to blame here. Gee whiz, you did this wrong, you know? There's no time for that. The person's going to drown. They don't need to hear the correction and the, the instruction. They just need to hear life, you know. They need to have life, you know. They need to have hope. When you come alongside them, your job is not to come alongside to rebuke them or to, to teach them. It's to help them. It's to bring them hope. Guess what? I have hope. It's called a tank of gas. Here's the oxygen, friend. I'm here to help. That's the second aspect of encouragement. First aspect is what? Coming alongside. The second aspect is to help. Encourager is one who recognizes that they come along somebody for their benefit and their help. That's so simple. And I was like, Lord, what is it about about encouraging? God says, I am with you I am with you wherever you go. I am with you with your uncertainty. I am with you with the battles you face. I am with you in your struggles, right? But I am also secondary. I am for you. I am with you to help you. I am with you to lead you. I am with you to strengthen you. I am with you because I am for you. Does that make sense? When you speak encouragement, you speak, I understand. Man, I know what you're going through. Let me help you. Let me point you out of your situation and onto the Lord, right? I told you I would teach you a bunch of Greek words, and I taught you sort of one, right? Parakaleo to come alongside, to, to, to admonish, to persuade, to implore, to help. There's three. There's, if you go back to Romans 12, real fast, I want to point out something else. This is really cool. Romans chapter 12. How am I doing on time? Okay, i on time. Romans chapter 12. I want you to notice something here. Um, because there's some aspects that Paul points out that an encourager does. Romans chapter 12. I want you to see something. See how it says in verse 8, or he who exhorts or encourages in his exhortation. Now, exhortation is, is sort of like, hey, Keep going. You can do it, right? It's like the coach. Hey, let's. Or, or the exhortation may be, you're going down the road and it's the wrong way. And somebody's like, no, construction, stop, wait, wrong way, stop, no, turn around, turn around, right? It's for your benefit, right? That's one side of encouragement slash exhortation. But look, I want you to show you something here. He says, he who uh, uh, is, uh, verse 8, uh, uh, exhorts in his exhortation, skip on down. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preference to another in honor. Verse 11, now, this is what a leader does, not lagging behind diligence. The servant does this, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Here's the exhorter, verse 12, rejoicing in what? Hope, okay? There's the exhorter, the encourager. He rejoices in hope. His message is hope. Hey, listen, it's not, hey, it's not the end of the day. We got, we got tanks right here. Oh, and let me help you out with that. Let me help you get to the surface. Let me be with you while we call for help. I'm not leaving. I got. Some, I got enough for both of us. You know, we're fine, right? God's our help. He he majors in hope. An encourager, exhorter, majors in hope. He also perseveres in tribulation because the encourager is the one who's with you, right? You're the one you, when you're you're begging God to take you out of the situation. The encourager is the person you call up on the phone and say. Here's what else. Hey, it's okay. Keep trusting the Lord. The Lord's got you. The Lord loves you. He has a purpose and a plan for this. He's the one to, hey, keep going. Hey, you know, times I've called up friends of mine about even doing church, you know, and say, what am I doing, right? I, there was a time when I barely wanted to even open the Bible, right? And, and I got some I'm encouraging people in my life that says, you keep, hey, God's not done with you yet, John, but I want to be done, I want to be done. I want to have a pity party and, and sit in my little corner and, and lock the door and shut the closet, you know, and say, here, I'm here, right? And God says, what are you doing here? I have got huge plans for you. There's hope, right? I feel like singing that song though. someone will come out tomorrow or something, you know? <laughs> That's hope, right? There's hope. And I've had encouragers been in my life where they've stayed along with, and even though they've heard me gripe and complain and all this kind of stuff, you know, like, hey, it's okay, we're here. We're going that direction. No, we're not giving up. You know, you don't give up. We don't give up. We don't give up. Hey, if you want me to carry you, I'll carry you a little bit. But we're still going that direction. I understand. God understands your pain, understands your sorrow, understands what you're going through. But we're going that direction. And the direction's out of where we're at. We're in the pit now. Let's get out of this pit, right? Now, sometimes we can have a little pity party, you know, and, and be there. But, but the encourager says, he, he or she perseveres you during tribulation, during trial, doesn't give up. You look back and say, if I would still be there if it wasn't for that friend. I would still, I would not be going that direction. Hugely important. Hugely important to the encouragers in our life. Oh, I think they're going to get a big, huge crown in heaven. I don't know about you, but I think. Because, guess what? The encouragers are the one that says, keep going. God's with you. Keep going. This is going to be worth it. Keep going. God has wonderful things. Yes, it's going to be hard, but God hasn't left you. And you would not experience the things you see in life if you just stayed where you are. You will not. Listen, God has big plans for us. You know that. I'm scared to death of what he has planned for us. Okay? I'm scared to death. I'm like... Shoot me now, Lord! Or, or you're just... But I know because guess what? There's so many people that need to hear the hope and help of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's so many people that need to have hope. We have the message of hope, right? The encouragers. One, if I told you there's two words in Greek. One was pericleo. The other word is periclesis. It means to strengthen. It means to, to embolden somebody for action. It means to embolden their belief. So here's what the encourager does. He says, listen, we have gas here. We have oxygen. There's enough for us to get to the surface. And we can do it. And I'm going to help you out with your little plant thing here, you know, that's holding you down. I hope it's, you know, fight off the bad stuff, right? But we can do this. God, The encourager is the one who instills a belief in you and say yes this is possible yes God can do all there's nothing impossible with God I mean, time and time again you look at the book of you look at Moses and the children of Israel and their their face they got the the Red Sea in front of them they have the Egyptians chasing them they are pinned down and they're facing the impossible you want us to swim and drown or you want us to get speared? I mean, what do you want us to do you know let's just be real Moses you know I'm a realist right all you faithy people are so into faith and all this stuff I'm a realist I see what's in front of me and what's behind me and it doesn't look good right and the current church says "Uh, but you haven't considered what God is like what God can do it doesn't enter your mind what God can do for those who trust him God says trust me right trust me and you guys know the scene Charlton Heston's you know (laughs) we know that and on and on and on. God, the story of the Bible is about God's faithfulness, his being with us-ness. Is that a word, being with us-ness? Not proper English. Who cares, right? Or being with us when it's, when it's instilling belief. Do you know if it wasn't for an encourager, the encourager, um, the Apostle Paul wouldn't have been the Apostle Paul. You know that. Well, he would have been Apostle Paul, but he would have had a hard time. In Acts chapter 9, if you go to Acts chapter 9 real fast, Acts chapter 9, Paul has been converted. His name was Saul. Now he's Paul. He's, he would go and arrest people. He hated Jesus. He hated Christians. And you know, you know the story. He gets saved. Jesus appears to him, knocks him off his donkey, and says, hey, <laughs> stop fighting against me, brother. I'm, I'm going to use you. Verse 26, Acts 9, 26. But when he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all what? Afraid of him, not believing that he was disciples. Sure you are, Paul or Saul. But Barnabas, whose name is actually Joseph, but they call him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. That's his name, because that's what he was. He had this reputation. Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to to them how he had seen the Lord and that he had talked to them and, uh, and to Jesus and how uh, uh, or Jesus had talked to Paul and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in Jesus name and he was with them moving about in Jerusalem speaking out boldly to the Lord he says listen, hey I know that this guy Paul or Saul is not the same anymore Jesus visited him you know. so uh, here's what Barnabas does he takes Paul in one hand and he says here disciples and he brings them together Okay, that's what a courger does Look at the result of that. Skip on down to uh, verse thirty-one. Where am I here? Verse thirty-one. So the church throughout out of Judea and Galilee, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed what peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort, Periclesis, of the Holy Spirit and continued increase. If it wasn't for the encourager encouragement of Barnabas grow. my point is this: the encourager says, "I'm going to take you and bring you to the I'm going to join because I believe in you, right? That's what the encourager does. And I have like like 80,000 more verses to share tonight, and I was <laughs> <I'm just> kidding <laughs> i am gonna run out of time, but oh man, I never got the Hebrew part. Oh. <sighs> See, I told you, it's crazy. An encourager comes alongside. He comes alongside to help because he says, God is with you, I'll be with you. God is for you, I'm for you. God is with you, I am with you. God is for you, I am for you. I'm with you, I'll be for you. That is what encouragement is all about. Being with somebody and being for somebody. Giving them hope, instilling their faith, Say, listen, trust in Jesus. God has not failed us. He strengthens the feeble. He strengthens the weakness of their faith. Um, in Hebrew, there's a word called Naham, and it's interesting. It means to comfort, to console, and it's it's it also translates to encourage. And the root of the word means to breathe deeply, and that means is that, and that means that somebody who comforts or encourages has sympathy for what you're going through. They come alongside you because, oh man, I know what it's like. And sometimes God has allowed us to go through certain, certain stuff so that we would have sympathy empathy for somebody going through be very similar. we be like, sister, I know what you're going through. I know exactly. I have sympathy and let me sit with you and let me show you what the Lord showed me. Can you imagine? I'm not going to be able to finish tonight because I'm out of time. Can you imagine this? Imagine this. Okay. Imagine us as being a church Where people come in the door wh- Wherever they are, right? We have no idea But our radars are up And they're met with encouragement after encouragement after encouragement, right? Not just from the message up front But the interaction with people And they leave say, man, my tank is full I got blessed because those people love Jesus and they pointed me in the right direction. Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be great to have that kind of church where people would walk out and their sails are flowing the right direction, right? Because their hope is in Jesus. They have renewed faith and they know God can do the impossible. In my situation where I'm at is not impossible. Yeah, it may be a difficult road, but guess what? They pointed me in the right direction. That's the kind of church we want to be, Right? Praise the Lord. We serve a God who's that kind of God. And let's let's close in prayer and give thanks and praise to the Lord. Father, thank you so much that you are a God who promises to be with us because you are a God who's faithful to his promise, Lord. You are with us and you are for us. You are with us and you are for us. You're the God who who promises never to leave us or forsake us. You're the God who understands our beginning from our end. You're the God who says the following in Romans. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Lord, you are the one who did not spare your own son, but you delivered him for us. Thank you Lord that that no matter what happens if there's a charge against us you justify us. If there's a condemnation against us you died. Christ died for us, intercedes for us. We have an intercessor for us. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, none of us will, will 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 separate us from your presence. Father, thank you that your word says that that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you are with us in your force. And you call us to be encouragers, to be with that person who's in distress, to be with that person who's, who's drowning in life, and to be for them, to point them with hope towards Christ, to point them to the possibility of God. Father, may we become a church that breathes life into people, Lord, because of the life that you breathe into us, Lord. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.